Welcome to a tech moment on Cannabis Tech. I'm your host, Christina Etter. In this podcast, we take just a few minutes to talk about some of the exciting science and technology that's changing and impacting the cannabis and hemp industries. And one thing is for certain, technology has played a significant role in the development of cannabinoid-infused edibles and beverages. From specific formulations to increased metabolization and rapid onset, edibles have evolved tremendously in the last several years. The guests that I have on our show today come from Stillwater Brands, which is a Colorado-based cannabis edibles and beverage company who is making strides to provide functional, consistent, and reliable cannabinoid-infused products. Founded in 2014, Stillwater Brands' deep background in food manufacturing and water-soluble cannabinoid technology helped lead to the development of products like Ripple Dissolvables, Ripple Gummies, and Ripple Quick Sticks. My guests today are Keith Wolfel, who is the director of R&D at Ripple. Keith joined Stillwater Brands in 2016, and he leads the clinical research programs, innovation, and product development at Stillwater Brands, and the sister company of Caliper Foods, which we're going to talk about today, too. Drew Hathaway is the senior food scientist at Caliper Foods, which develops and produces soluble cannabinoid-infused consumer packaged goods and bulk ingredients in partnership with Stillwater Brands. He conducts the research and developments for B2B and B2C product lines, including Stillwater Brands' Ripple portfolio. So welcome to the show, guys. I appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, thanks for having us. So this is a really interesting topic to me because I just feel like edibles really have, um, they've come a long way. It's really interesting to see companies like yours developing new products like these. So I'm really kind of curious now that we've got you here on the show is to kind of hear your development process. What's it been like for Stillwater and what's your overall goals that you have in mind as you start to develop this edibles brand? Yeah, Christina, that was the problem statement in 2014. How, how can you look at something that's new and evolving cannabis space and look at it in totally different lens? How do you turn it into something that's a functional food, something that's a wellness product for consumers, not necessarily just about getting stoned, but for just general health and wellness, for sleep, for pain management? Um, and the problem statement is how do you take something that is naturally oil-based and make products that are healthier that are not loaded up with a lot of fat and sugar, such like a brownie, and make something that's water-based that could be a more consumer-friendly product. And that was the original problem statement of actually creating a water soluble component of cannabinoids. THC was the first out of the gate for us from a technology standpoint. And 2016 is when we had it figured out well enough to create our first product, which was actually a microdose tea with granules that were water soluble. As it turns out, consumers really wanted um, a product was still ahead of its time as a microdose, but the product inside of it became its own product. That's what became Ripples. That take the water-soluble powder, create its own product, and that was really became the cornerstone in 2016, 2017, 2018 for, for cannabinoids. And that from there built off to other products such as um, uh, dissolvable quick sticks into other products like uh, uh, gummies as well. But the fundamental problem statement from the very beginning is how do you get something that works well in consumers' daily lifestyle from a nutritional benefit? And how do you create processes internally? So you want to make sure you own your own manufacturing process to get a very consistent product that we can validate very tightly before going out to consumers. And at the time, you're right, dosing was a major issue. There was a lot of variability, variability. And that was all the other problem statement. 
is actually creating in-house processes that eliminated or drastically reduced the internal variability from dosing. So this way, when consumers reach for the same product or the same packet every single time, they're getting the exact same single dose. So those were the early um, challenges and, uh, from a technology. And from that, that became our underpinnings. And in fact, we continue to build it out into THC, into CBD and other cannabinoids and expand the other product portfolios out from that. So that was the original problem statement. How do you make a water cycle? How do you do it consistently? And then also, how do you make it taste very well, taste mm -hmm. clean? The other major still a challenge today. Judy, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no, I think I think he summed it up very well. And I think really the way we think about it is, is accurate and precise dosing and, and repeatable experiences. So making sure that every packet or every gummy has the exact same of cannabinoids homogeneously distributed throughout it. So for example, if you only take one bite of the gummy because you're only looking to get half of that dose, that you can consistently rely that you're only receiving half of that dose, whereas some of the other products it's a little bit harder to make sure that the cannabinoids are, are modulated distributed. And I think that's that's really how we've made a name for ourselves is having a consistent reliable experience. Right. Yeah, and that makes sense. You know, I'll tell you, I was working in a dispensary in uh, 2016 when the when the tea sticks were um, we we first started selling them. And and if I remember correctly, I, I think this was the first time that I'd ever actually seen a microdosed edible that was, I think they were two and a half milligrams per tea stick, I think at the time. And, and I got to tell you, the, the female customers that we had at the dispensary loved them. They, they would, you know, their, the little tea sticks and everything were just so discreet and they had such a small dose that they weren't overpowering. And so I really felt like the tea sticks, um, really kind of addressed a, a, a part of the cannabis industry that was really kind of being ignored at the time, you know? So I, I felt like that was one of those early products that really kind of looked at the occasional user instead of the, you know, the, the everyday cannabis consumer that, that's used to it. It, it. I really, really appreciated the angle that those that those products took. So I, I just from my own personal perspective, I thought it was uh, an ingenious way to introduce a new product into the industry. Now, before we get into what specifically makes Ripple different, what I would like to hear about is Caliper. So you just told us a little bit there that uh, Caliper Foods is now part of Ripple or you're working with Ripple and, and you're more CBD focused, if I'm not correct. So do you want to talk a little bit about um, Caliper Foods and, and what's going on over there? So, yeah, same technology, but two totally different companies, two different business lines, two different factories, two different everything for, le for legal reasons. But with CBD, it's the same mindset of creating products that get people with just unwind and relax. And also, if you're dealing with pain, deal pain in a good way for, you know, help uh, either get a better night's sleep or help alleviate some makes and pains throughout life. So, as functional products, we do B2B and B2C on the caliper side of the business. Um, we also introduced a relatively new line of products that is uh, that actually Drew developed, which is flavored caliper that goes right direct to your tongue. We did see consumers' behavior was taking caliper instead of adding it to water and drinking it or into their beverages, putting direct to tongue. So that was one of the insights to see to create an innovative product that's direct to tongue. And as Drew can attest, CBD is very bitter, so to make a really good tasting product that consumers enjoy and come back time and time again has a lot of challenges to it. So you probably want to allude to that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, taste is definitely a challenge. What's what's great with our technology and, and kind of emulsion technology as a whole is is 
it's new to the cannabis industry, but it's something that's been explored in the traditional food and flavor industry for a long time. So we were able to kind of pull from a lot of this technology that someone established, whether it's the production process to produce these products, ingredients that are necessary to make them, as well as safety profiles of some of these ingredients um, and, and general things like that. And it's really cool that we were able to not only make this successful first with Ripple and, and focus on, on THC or the combination of THC and CBD, but now with Caliber, we've been able to explore and, and verify that the technology works just as well for CBD by itself, as well as even minor cannabinoids such as CBG, CBC, and CBN, which are obviously picking up steam as well. And so it's really cool that this base technology can be expanded in multiple ways. Um, we have our powder products, which are our most well-known products with the Caliper powder on the CBD side and, and Ripple powder for THC. Uh, but we also produce some lipid concentrates that we, we sell to beverage manufacturers um, for them to be able to infuse CBD into different beverages. And as you can imagine, since oil and water don't mix, trying to create a shelf-stable beverage that's homogeneously stable for at least a year, if not longer, is, is quite a big challenge compared to potentially creating a powder or a gummy where things are essentially set in stone once you're done producing it. Um, so that's definitely been a big challenge and, and a lot of things that we've spent some focus on it and really improving because we want to get these products out to everyone. We don't want to keep them just for ourselves. Um, so it's kind of the way we're able to kind of help bring these products to other companies to help alleviate them from having to figure out and uh, do all the trial and error that we've been through over the past few years. Fantastic. So let's really dive into what makes your products different then. Um, you mentioned that you use the same kind of technology for both Stillwater and Caliper. So let's talk specifically about what that kind of technology is and what kind of creates that, that different effect that Ripple Edibles have. Sure, so, so the base technology is, is something that's called emulsification. It's, it's what makes your salad dressing stable, for example. I think that the best example everyone's familiar with of, of an unemulsified product is a vinaigrette dressing where you have your, your oil mixture with the seasonings at the top and your water portion at the bottom. And then obviously as a consumer, you shake that before you add it to your salad or other products. And essentially we're doing that at, at an extremely smaller level. So we're, we're taking uh, cannabinoid infused distillates and oil and, and, and dissolving these in, into a carrier oil. And then we're using emulsifier ingredients and, and different mixing techniques and high pressure processing in order to take those fat droplets and make them extremely small and stable at this small size down in the nanometer size range um, so that you are not only making these products compatible with water so that you can be easily mixed in and homogeneously distributed when you take your ripple powder and you dissolve it in a glass of water, for example, um, but it also changes the way that your body absorbs it. And that's definitely been a key focus for us from the start is, is it's one thing to make claims like fast acting or higher absorption. And in our eyes, you can't really make those claims unless you validated them. And so that's where we've spent a lot of time and resources and money to, to really investigate through research. How is this actually absorbed by your body? How does this compare to your standard products like an oil-based CBD tincture, for example? Um, and, and what does that mean for the consumer? And so that's something we've, we've put a lot of effort into really clinically validating um, and, and proving that, that this is the case for our products. My next question was in regards to that. I, I agree with you. A lot of companies you know, claim to have these um, fast acting, fast onset kinds of things. I felt it. <laughs> I felt it with these. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm really anxious to kind of hear about these test results that you spoke of, because not many companies are going to take the time to really test their products 
and put the time and effort and, and research into the products that you guys have into learning how these actually work inside the human body. So do you want to talk about some of the trials and tests that you've done and, and to prove the, the technology here? Sure. Um, yeah, Christina, the first thing that you mentioned is why does my husband get a different benefit than I do? So you hit on something that is really, really important in when you do clinical research. And we saw that this is our third goal that we have going, and we've got two more in the pipe. And the very, very first one we did, we noticed enormous variability in people's absorption amount. It was unbelievable. So we took it further and did a crossover design where you look at every single person tries every single product. Really important. And so if you have five different products, that's five different weeks because you have to do, you know, separate washout period in between. And this way you can really tease out interperson absorption variability. And it is incredibly insightful when you could have one product, your husband could have the same product, and you watch the blood absorption rates, so the pharmacokinetics, and where your husband might get it immediately absorbed. The same exact product, you may not get it absorbed at all, or you might see something two, three hours later, um, which is fascinating. That's why it's so important to have a large enough sample size mm -hmm. when you test in, in humans, and also understand over a period of time how they're getting absorbed. So the first part of it is you're probably absorbing differently than your husband, and it's either genetics and or even gut health, we believe, could be mm -hmm. factors. The second part that you, you hit on, which is really fascinating about fat-based versus water-based, we firmly believe that the absorption uh, pathway differs, where water-soluble water cannabinoids, we believe, are going right through the small intestine, you know, actively transported into the bloodstream, where fat-based, we believe, is going much more the lymphatic route and going into the liver and getting converted. And that all takes time, and it also reduces the amount that gets through the liver. It also converts into delta 11, most likely the delta, from delta 9 to delta 11. So you're getting three different effects for first-pass metabolism. You're getting less of it, it's delayed, and when you do get it, it kicks in harder. So there's a delta 11. With water-soluble or THC, we're doing that to bypass the liver as much, you know, much, much lesser. So where you could probably have 70, 80, 90%, if I'm going to take a guesstimate, what goes to the liver with fat soluble, with water soluble, it might be much, much, much less. Maybe almost 100% is going right to the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that's why you're feeling a cerebral high, because you're getting more delta-9 high products in the bloodstream. So I'll kind of get a little bit more depth on, on what you're seeing, first of all. Now, the actual studies themselves, do you, do you actually want to cover some of that as well? To yeah, sure. So like Keith mentioned, we've done, we've actually completed three human-based clinical trials now. So it's actually having human, healthy human participants try these products. Um, the initial two studies are really what we viewed more as scoping studies. So the initial THC study was just having people consume Ripple, taking blood draws over time and analyzing that blood to really be able to map out the absorption pathway. And at that point, we've been in the market long enough with Ripple and some of these water-based products that we definitely had plenty of consumer experience that was saying these products are being absorbed faster, but we wanted to validate that. That initial study was really just to prove that THC was absorbed as fast as 15 minutes, and we definitely saw that consistently with our product. We were getting significant absorption within 15 minutes, um, which was great to see. And so as we've done these studies, we've continued to notice different things. Like Keith mentioned, with some of these initial few scoping studies, we definitely saw massive variability between different participants. Like, like you mentioned, there's definitely a genetic aspect. We suspect gut health may play a role. Uh, there's a lot of factors. And I think, I think with how long research has been prohibited on these substances, we're all playing catch up in, in, this, in this industry. I think 
the more due diligence companies do to get this research, the better off all of us are. And not only that, but the, the better off and the faster we'll progress towards newer products. So with those scoping studies, we definitely learned some of these differences. Like Keith mentioned, once we got to our, our third PK study on the CBD products, um, we were actually able to include our regular caliper CBD powder, um, as well as two of our lipid concentrates, which are meant for in, infusion into beverages. And what was really interesting with that study is the first time we really investigated multiple different water soluble products against themselves. And then we also tested those against essentially what was an MCT oil tincture based product, as well as CBD isolate by itself. There's definitely an understanding that having a little bit of carrier oil such as MCT provides a benefit versus CBD isolate by itself. And then comparing our water soluble products against that was we saw dramatic increases um, not only in the speed of absorption and how fast those products were detectable in the bloodstream, but also the total amount that was being absorbed. So like Keith mentioned, there's definitely suspicion, and it's definitely well known at this point, that with your standard oil-based CBD or THC products, your body's filtering out more than what you're actually absorbing. Um, so that's one of the key factors, and I think a key factor, especially within the CBD industry, where you've had some people that have taken CBD products and found great benefits, and then a lot of other people that really didn't notice anything. And we really believe that's partially responsible to oil-based products kind of being the dominant format for the early CBD market. And since people's bodies weren't able to absorb much CBD from those products, as well as those products kind of being cost prohibitive to consume large doses, that a lot of people just weren't getting enough CBD in their bloodstream to get any type of effect. So that's why we wanted to really investigate this and understand what is the true increase in the absorption profile, um, as well as understanding the consistency of the absorption profile. And we're seeing with the fat-based products consistently, you're not getting peak absorption until two or three hours later from time of consumption. That is a really, really long time to wait if you're trying to um, relax or get ready for, you know, get ready for to sleep you know, at night. So that's the other thing we feel that was, uh, you know, a bit of a problem with the one. Plus, with something like tinctures, there's some inconsistency in dosing too. So, you know, it's hard to get the consistency on it. But the major factor, because again, being fat-based, you'd have such delayed effect before before it's in your bloodstream. Again, two, three hours is awfully long. Now, you really like to use, if you're drinking coffee in the morning, you want to wait for three hours to feel the benefit. You want to feel it. Right. And, you know, I, I really feel like it's that delayed onset that is, that causes more of the problems with edibles than anything does because uh, I, used, I used to call it the alcohol mentality um, when I worked in the, in the cannabis industry because someone would take one, someone that's not used to cannabis takes an edible. It doesn't kick in within that first you know, 20 minutes to a half an hour. So they think, well, I must have a tolerance. So they take two more thinking that they have this tolerance. Well, by this time they have three doses of cannabis in their system. And so when it actually does start to kick in, man, they're in for a ride. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, especially if they don't have any, any tolerance whatsoever, or they don't have experience with cannabis edibles, by the time it does kick in, it's too late. And uh, of course, the, the first mentality or the, the alcohol mentality part of this is, is that they think then they need to eat something. And so they eat something with fat calories, greasy piece of pizza or some french fries and zoom they go to the ozone <laughs> you know, so it's it's always been very interesting to me to um watch kind of this evolution and and some of these more what i want to call safety precautions kind of being um blended into cannabis edibles and you know keith you mentioned something there when you were talking that that kind of keyed something in for me 
you're you're absolutely right with the effect that i feel like i felt from the ripple gummies was more similar to the effect that i might feel when i smoke so it definitely had that that more delta 9 feel it wasn't heavy like like edibles typically are it didn't feel super potent definitely wasn't overwhelming by any sense of the in the matter and i know that can be a problem sometimes for people with edibles so uh, i'm glad that you mentioned the whole delta 9 thing because that that brought that to to mind for me now the, the main reason why I asked you here today <laughs> was because you guys invited me to a virtual tasting last week. And I, frankly, I think this was one of the coolest events I've been involved in throughout the pandemic. So obviously, you know, in-person events, in-person meetings, you know, reaching out to consumers. We used to do, you know, like the, the Cincy nights and, and there, were, there were events and things that you could do. But with the pandemic, those all kind of went away and, and remaining connected with consumers, remaining connected with your, um, your audience this year has proven difficult. So I was fascinated when you guys invited me to this virtual tasting. And I, I would love to hear more about this event. You know, Drew, what, what did you pull from this? How, how do you feel like it went off for you? Because I thought it was phenomenal. It was really fun to kind of hear and see other people in the industry talk about the products and and you know hear more about ripple so i i thought it was great cool yeah i appreciate the positive feedback we definitely had a good time on our end as well i'll have to definitely give a shout out to our, our marketing team and, and the grasslands pr agency for setting that up um but yeah i thought it was great i think one of the challenges for us in the product development end of things is you want to get feedback from consumers and you ideally want that pretty soon after launching a product so that you know if you need to make any additional tweaks you know if certain flavors were more successful or like than others. And that's definitely been a challenge during the pandemic. We've launched multiple products um, in the last year or two, and that's definitely been a gap. And I think to your point, like traditionally in the Colorado uh, THC industry, you have these tasting events, you have the bud tender appreciation events. And it's definitely the best way to really engage your end customers, but as well as the people that are responsible for selling your products. So the, the, the people at the dispensaries and the bud tenders. And I think getting that feedback is invaluable. So it was definitely a great, great chance to get feedback on our new gummies. I'm, I'm glad that everyone uh, liked them as much as they did. And, and I think it's always kind of challenging, especially on the THC side, like how do you actually approach getting feedback on these products? For one, we want to make sure we're following all the legal regulations that the MED sets forth, uh, but also making sure that people are in a safe environment to consume these products because they are obviously intoxicating and we don't want to have to worry about people driving home afterwards. So I think being able to set that virtual event, having everyone taste them from the safety of their homes Worked great. I think it was great feedback for, for us in the product development end. Uh, like I said, very grateful that all the gummies were well received. We obviously always hope that on our end. Um, but it's easy to be a little biased when we're tasting things internally because we don't want to toot our own horn a little too much. And, and you want to get the, the hard feedback from people that may not like things so that you understand what's an additional product we can create down the line that might, might appeal to that person as well. So it's definitely very cool. And I, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it was an effective event all around. Fantastic. Now, I do want to ask you one more question. Um, since since you're kind of in charge of, of flavors and, and things like that, can you tell me a little bit about the process of how you decide which flavors you're going to go with? I'd say yeah, flavored memo is always a fun thing when we get that coming down the pipeline. Uh, it's something that we, we definitely uh, enjoy. We like to look at general market trends, not only in the cannabis CBD space, but also the general food beverage space. Uh, we, have a, we have a couple of flavor suppliers we work very closely with, so it's always fun to get them in, involved. They definitely do a good job of kind of sharing those market trends. 
Um, and fortunately, we have a lot of creative people within the team here as well. So we can kind of merge all those worlds, go with some creative ideas. And uh, one of the things that's interesting with flavor development is you may only be wanting to launch three new flavors, but you typically start with anywhere from five to 10. So you start with the bigger bucket, kind of test things out. You figure out for one, how it works with the general format. So a flavor that works really well for one of our gummies might not taste as enjoyable in one of our flavored powder products like the Quick Sticks and Swift Sticks. And so it's getting an understanding of that as, as well as making sure that the flavors are compatible with any off notes that might be coming from our, from our products. Um, so with THC, we occasionally have some grassy or weed flavored notes. We try to minimize that as much by, by uh, working with high quality distillates to begin with. And with CBD, you're always dealing with some inherent bitterness that can be challenged to overcome. Uh, kind of the final process is really screening what works with those off flavors. Uh, we'll generally have an internal tasting group, which is always a good time. Uh, it's, it's always fun when I can kind of uh, have a whole array of samples to, to not only get Keith your high, but as, as well as some of our other executives and important people at the company. So that's always a fun assignment for me. Um, and so we get internal feedback, and then we also like to get feedback via informal tastings uh, with people like bud tenders and people within the industry for the THC side, um, as well as with other consumers. It's a little easier to do that on the CBD only side. Uh, where you don't have these strict regulations around sampling. Um, so definitely getting consumer feedback kind of as the final piece of the puzzle to make sure something's going to be successful before we launch it. And as a build, What a fun job. <laughs> it's it very tough. But as a build to do it well is, so the three products that came out for CBD and the three products that came out recently for THP that were dissolvables, right? And the five gummies that just came out Right? I'll use gummies as an example. The five flavors that came out with that, there was at least 50 different experiments to get to those top five. Wow. And a lot of those experiments were scale up experiments. We're actually going on process equipment with scale up distillate, right? And, and actually making it a high quality product. Make sure the execution is sound, right? You want to make sure the execution is sound. And then, like what Drew was saying, you also then want to check internally and as much as you can externally. That's what to do. And get your validation that you have the right flavor combination, the right flavor amount, because profiles, acid profiles, all of that. To do it well, it's tough. It's, 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 um, in a perfect world, you'd be able to do focus groups. Take your product out, go right to consumers, and have everybody give your feedback. But unfortunately, very challenging is to say uh, in marijuana. And I kind of view it as it's, it's where the technical aspects of being a scientist meet. The creative side of being an artist. It's really combining the two, uh, which probably makes a challenge because not everyone can really bring those pieces together in a sound a sound way. So it kind of takes certain people who are better at that than others. Uh, but I think that's part of what's so enjoyable about it is you really get to use your creative side to, to bring those flavors to life. That's wonderful. Let me just be the first to go on the record and suggest strawberry lemonade. It's just my little suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Why do you say that? What? Has someone tipped you off or have you tried the product? We have we have uh, developed the strawberry. That's I love it. I will pass that on to our, our marketing uh, general manager because we have already developed that actually. It's awesome. That's actually that's a great segue then into my next question because I want to know what's what's on the horizon. What's next for Stillwater and Ripple Brands and Caliper Foods? What do you guys have up your sleeve? For clinicals, we are wrapping up a THC clinical right now. We're looking at a whole host of products, some that are absorbed sublingual, some that are fat-based, some are, are water-based. 
So we'll be wrapping up in two weeks, and then we'll have the information for that ready to go in a couple months. So that's a, that's a big deal for us. Mm -hmm. um, we have a couple clinicals that we're looking at uh, for not just quantifying the benefits in their bloodstream, but actually quantifying the effect that people have for either reality relaxation or sleep. We're looking at the studies on that in that respect. Um, let's see, for new products. For the business side, one of the big things is, is expanding Ripple into Michigan. So that's heavily underway, building a facility out there and getting the recreational market there. Very excited on that. Um, we also have a licensing agreement with Green Organic Dutchman up in Canada. So they are licensed to produce Ripple up in Canada. So that's very exciting. Um, on the caliper side, always looking at new and innovative ways to introduce CBD to a wide variety of products. Um, so I think there's a lot of room there in the within the food realm and, and potentially even with outside of the food realm. So we're excited on that. Um, and like Keith mentioned, continue to validate all of our results with, with human-based clinical trials. Um, we definitely consider ourselves a science-based company and want to make sure that we are providing the ammo for our marketing team to be able to make awesome claims like fast acting or higher absorption rates um, and having the data to back it up, as well as continue to look at different use cases, such as uh, how much does CBD help with sleep, and a variety of other things. We're also looking at doing another clinical trial with CBD products to see if we can tweak the formulation and, and production process to improve, improve bioavailability even further than we already have, um, as well as getting a better understanding on, on the effect of, of the digester out. Are, are we bypassing the liver absorption in the first pass? And, and if we are, to what degree? And, and uh, how significant is that? So that's definitely something we're heavily looking into as well. One more. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring up Michigan too, because, um, I, I'm just so impressed with how quickly Michigan is growing. It just seems like that market up there is just expanding so quickly and so rapidly. And, and there's a lot of companies doing some really good stuff up in Michigan. So, uh, exciting to hear that exciting to hear the expansions and, uh, the Canada going, not only are you an MSO now you're multi-country too, huh? That's great. All right, guys. Well, you know what? I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today and talking about edibles. Like I said, I think this is a, a product segment in our industry that just kind of continues to evolve. And of course, we're going to be so excited to hear more about the studies that you're doing and the new product innovations that are coming out of Stillwater and Caliper. So thanks again for joining me today and, and just taking a little bit of your time to kind of walk through some of the science behind these, these edibles that are entering the market. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Opportunity. Really appreciate the opportunity. We, I think we all recognize that education is a key aspect right now and making sure that this, this information is getting out there. So we're always grateful to have a platform to, to help kind of communicate what we've been working on. Absolutely, guys. Thanks again so much and have a wonderful weekend. I appreciate your time.